Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans are fans. Fans. very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans are very passionate. Brady sucks. Y'all feel sucks. Y'all are an unbeliever. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Yo, what's up? Also on the line, back this week to talk about this horrific Jet game, we have the one, the only... Majestic Beast, the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a good night. <sighs> you know, Jet fans, me and Mike had to take a few days. Take a few days to sit back and think about this game. It's only one game, you know? It's what you got to tell yourself. We got 16 of them. We got 15 more coming. It's just one game, you know? And rationally thinking, that's how you should look at it. We had no preseason, Mike. We're playing a team with a great defense. It's just one game is what I heard from a lot of people who tried to put this in a rational sense, what we witnessed on Sunday. But it's a lot more than just the one game, though. It's an extension of last season where we were the worst offense in the league. It's an extension of a team that at times last year looked unmotivated. I know they went 6-2 and two down the stretch, but the offense last year was predictable. They were absolutely horrible in every single thing they did last season. Coming into this season, we know we had injuries. We were hoping it would maybe look different. Maybe our coach would have a different approach. Maybe the Jets would go out there against the Bills and surprise us. Mike, I thought we might win the game 2017. That's what I said here on the air. Didn't go that way. All facets of the ball, they got outplayed. They did not look like a team that was ready to play professional football versus another team on Sunday. 21 nothing. my biggest fear. As I said last week, you get down by a bunch of points. We don't really have an offense that could put a bunch of points up on the board, especially versus a tough defense. And that's how it went down. Real quick, down by three touchdowns. And at that point, you just felt like the game was over, Mike. I mean, in, in history, it may have been one of the worst games ever that I've ever seen as far as the execution standpoint. I mean, our ratio regarding first downs to, you know, stalled drives was the worst going into the fourth quarter. I just really have no words, to be honest with you, um, about how disappointed I am, about how, like, I'm angry because, because the things that we knew, the fears that we had were just all realized all at once. And it was a complete failure across the board 95 yards with penalties the quarterback looks regressed the defense did not hold up at all in any way okay and we go out there and and literally look from the start of the whistle to the last play the inferior team not one time did i feel that this team was going to be able to come back and win. And it's extremely disappointing. And I have my opinions 
my strong opinions around this game. And before I get into those, I know Nick isn't, you know, a Jets fan, but I know that he's heard the airwaves and he did text me or send a message to me about what happened, what Maggie and some of the New York radio said. I haven't had a chance to hear what what is New York radio been saying about about the Jets and Adam Gase? Obviously, it's nothing good. And I think that the main thing and I heard earlier the response from the Johnsons like, why is nobody coming out and saying that this was just a bad performance all around? Like, you would get people would have so much more credit or respect if you just come out. You know what? It's it. it we didn't. But no, he's he's the offensive guru. He's this, that, the other. And I can understand. I mean, I'm in my, my own situation with Gettleman. No, but you know, you know what the worst thing is. You know what? You know what makes pisses people off the most in life is when people act like. You're stupid. When yeah. people speak to you and say something to you that you know is not true, but they think right. you're stupid enough to believe it. Chris Johnson comes Sorry. out and says that Adam Gase is an excellent coach. He's a brilliant offensive mind. Now, I understand one game in, Mike, Wookie, maybe he doesn't want to bury the coach. Could be right. the way to go about it. But could you possibly live in reality? How, how are those the quotes? And then a couple of hours ago, Adam Gase came out saying that he loves coaching for Chris Johnson. He loves how accessible Chris Johnson is to him. Why is the owner of the team not accessible to the head coach to the point that you're listening to him as if he's your football guru when you're his boss? He works yeah. for you. And when you're somebody like Chris Johnson who's lived a lifestyle like the Johnsons have lived and you're worth billions of dollars and you have a self-righteous approach to life where you don't live in reality like regular people. When regular people see clouds in the sky, they get an umbrella. When Chris Johnson sees them, he says, hey, it'll probably clear up. Like, live in reality. Adam Gase is horrible. He has been horrible the whole time he's been our coach. He should never have been the coach to begin with. When he got hired... I don't know anybody thought it was a positive move. When does someone get hired for a job that they were just horrible at? You were just absolutely horrible coaching the Dolphins. You ran the franchise into the ground. Somehow Peyton Manning calls Chris Johnson, and that's the head coach of the New York Jets. Mind-boggling to me. And when you go through the Jets, when you go through the history of the Jets, and when you go through all the coaches we've had, Joe Walton and Bruce Carson when I was little, but let's just talk about recent history. Let's go to Al Gro, Herman Edwards, Eric Mangini, Rex Ryan, Todd Bowles, Adam Gates. You know what they all have in common, guys? Every single one of them, aside from Al Gro, who coached here one year, has a losing record. Not one. Every single one of them does. And who's been owned this team since the year 2000? The Johnsons. And when you have a nept ownership, when you have a nept leadership, you get yourself into a situation where you somehow get sold a bill of goods and hire an incompetent moron to coach your team who you still come out and says is a brilliant offensive mind when Mike has stats in regards to this offense that will blow your mind, Jet fans. We're not, we're not just bad. We're historically bad. The last time we were last in offense was with Rich Kotite. You understand what I'm saying to you? That's the level. That's the level this guy is at. He's at Rich Kotite level. 
Google worst NFL coaches of all time, who comes up? Rich Kotite does. Boggles my mind. That we have it boggles my mind that you have an owner think we are this stupid. That those are your comments you have. You could just give no comment and you're saying enough right there. Give a no comment on Adam Gase right now. You're saying something to the fans. Say he's a brilliant offensive mind when we're the worst at everything and you're saying we're stupid. That's what you're saying to Jet fans. I mean, Jet fans, uh, I understand exactly where Keith is. I'm I'm there too. I just, it's just kind of baffling to me. I mean, when, if you listen to Get Up the other day with Greeny, he gave a couple of stats. I've got a bunch of these stats here. The last three seasons, Gase's offense has finished 28th, 26th, and 31st out of a league of 32 teams. Under the Jets, under Gase, the Jets have scored a total of 33 touchdowns and have punted 93 times. They've scored on 24% of all of their possessions. That's worst in the NFL. They've gone three and out on 44%. I want you to think about something, Jeff fans. Listen to this. Listen to this. I don't give a crap who your quarterback is. I don't care who your what your offensive line is, what your situation is. You figure it out. The fact that since Adam Gase has been our coach, 44% of the time, our offense has gone three and out. And this owner, this is why Keith's angry. This owner says he has a brilliant offensive mind. Where, how do you take that, what I just said, and, 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 and link it up to brilliance? Okay, by the way, that's the worst in the NFL. Average drive, an average drive for the New York Jets since we've had Adam Coast, Adam Gase as our coach, is 23 yards which is the worst in the NFL. And Le'Veon Bell, before he got here, literally had the most yards from scrimmage in the history of the league. He's a scrub now. How is that possible? What's the common denominator in this equation? Le'Veon Bell averaged the most yards per scrimmage in the history of the NFL before he came to the Jets. Now, now, last year, he averaged the least yards per carry of any running back in the history of the Jets franchise prior to that, ponder that. I mean, wrap your, wrap your mind yep. around that, you know? I, it just, it's just hard to fathom, Mike. It just, and maybe you would have thought the offense would scrub, struggle going versus the Bills week one. Like I said, no preseason, wide receivers banged up. I understand all the limitations we had. I get it. But last year, we averaged about 275 yards a game, Mike. That was good for worst in the NFL. First game of the season, 254 total yards. Listen to this little nugget too. 2018 with Todd Bowles as our coach, not an offensive mind. Always criticized how the offenses performed under Todd Bowles. New York Jets were 23rd in offense in the league. We scored 333 points. Last year, we were last under Adam Gase, 279 points. Even the, Gase was supposed to come in and improve the offense. Somehow we've taken a step backwards. And not just a small step, Mike, a giant leap backwards. Yeah, and and the worst part, Keith, you know what? You know what? Let's say all the things we just said from a statistical and a factual standpoint. But let's just say that Adam Gase would say, you know what? What we had game planned didn't work on Sunday. And we're going to take a hard look at what we did. And we're going to make adjustments 
so that we're better prepared and better aligned as a team going into next Sunday. If I heard that, that would make me feel a little better because I see that the coach recognizes that what you just produced is unacceptable. But this guy says, I wouldn't change a thing. Okay, sit so like at work, when I'm dealing with people who work and I have somebody who is not able to really execute at the level that I wish them to execute at, but they have a good attitude and they wanna work hard and they acknowledge that they have faults, I'll work with a person like that. You know what I'm saying? But when you get those people who are so prideful that they cannot deal with failure and they cannot recognize that they have to blame everybody else but themselves, I can't work with somebody like that. And that's my biggest problem with Adam Gase and that's my biggest problem with the owner because the owner screwed up. Take your lumps and go. We're all, look, look, whatever, man. You messed up, it's your first time. You know what, I, I don't wanna say it's all good, but just fess up to the fact that this isn't working, dude. And it's not working the way you know it's not working, the fact that your head coach said, I would not change a thing. How can that be okay? My God. Chris, how can that be okay, Chris? I can't, like, the, the wool, the wool, the sheet of wool that he's trying to pull over people's eyes, Jet fans' <laughs> eyes, has to be so thick. Is he, is he sitting there thinking that the Jet fans are just looking out the window with, with tinfoil hats? Like, what do you think is going on? You're going to come out. You could have said literally almost anything other than what you said. Yeah. You're, you guys are not as this fired up right now on this podcast as Jet fans. And rightfully so. For nothing, Woody Johnson, when he was here, he's just an empty suit also. I mean, he's useless also, and he he oh, managed to God. he managed to go over to the, when you're an ambassador and you're appointed to be an ambassador of another country. Nothing ever happens. You just go sit there for a few years, come back, bro. You don't even have to do anything. Somehow he goes over there and he's a racist, misogynist piece of garbage on the way back. Thank you very much for that. That we have to have that thrown into the mix also. He hands the baton off to his clueless brother, incompetent, nitwit, clueless clown. Somehow duped into, into hiring Adam Gates. You know, we're not losing sight of the fact that. Mike Sam didn't play well also. You know, we're not losing no no one's no one's losing sight of the fact that and Sam didn't play well also. And he, you know, he underperformed. He missed open receivers. I think he, you know, he finished with a, a ton of incompletions on the day. Especially especially in the first half, Mike. We know Sam was struggling there. 21 for 35 on the day, one T D, one interception. But it was more of a decision making, Mike, when he's in the pocket, times that there was pressure. You know, you saw his throws kind of, like most QBs, man, if there's pressure on you, your throws aren't going to be on point. But it seemed like Sam rushed a bunch of throws, seemed like he moved out of the pocket a bunch of times. There wasn't even pressure where they designed some coverages to look like there was going to be pressure. He was rattled, which we know was a problem last year for him also. And Mike, I know you got a lot of opinions on this, how Sam played. I don't think the drop balls really helped him. Um, a few drop balls there, but some of those balls that were dropped were put into really tight windows by Sam. Pocket awareness wasn't great. I think it was a combination of a lot of things. Crowder ended up with 115 on the day, but he had 69 yards on one catch where he made a really good play. Besides that, 45 yards. Perryman, three catches for 17 yards. Mike Hogan, one catch for zero yards. Mike, why on second and 10 would the New York Jets call a screen and throw the ball to Chris Hogan at the line of scrimmage when three weeks ago he wasn't even on an NFL team? You expect him to catch that ball and get 10 yards? He got zero yards. So many fa so many parts of this 
it's hard. It's, my mind's spinning right now, Mike. It's what normally we're calm, cool, collective. We know what we're saying. We know where we're going. So many parts of this weekend were depressing. Sam being one of them. The team looking unmotivated being another one. And now we'll get into Josh Allen in a minute too, guys. But, Mike, I just want to hear your opinion on Sam this weekend, his play, how you feel overall. So the anger that I have obviously is targeted at Adam Gase. But the biggest concern I have is the play of our quarterback. Um, Sam, like you said, had 216 yards, one touchdown, one one interception. Um, had a quarterback rating about 75. But the way he played was masked. Uh, the, his stats were masking how he actually played in this game. So if you take out the final drive where he was eight for eight for 58 yards and take away the touchdown that he did check into to Crowder where he threw really at the line of scrimmage and the guy ran for a touchdown if you take out those two plays Sam has less than 100 yards passing okay and we had a total of 95 yards of penalties so we actually had more penalty yards than what Sam actually threw on offense most of the game. And his uh, uh, yards per attempt was at 3.1, okay? Oh, and he had one interception. He was it, The performance, if you outside of those two things, was so bad that only his ghost game and Sanchez's game against Baltimore were worst quarterback uh, performances in franchise history. That's how bad Sam was. And what really bothers me about it is forget Gase, forget the offensive line. The decisions that Sam made uh, that time when he had the ball and he could have just threw the ball out of bounds and oh. just ran out of bounds for a sacrifice. What the hell are you doing, Sam? What do you like? You're a third year quarterback. You don't do that. The interception. Ugh. Why are you throwing across your body? See, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, some of the decisions that he was making was just head scratching, to be real with you. He was missing wide receivers, like you saw, you said. His, his game management was not good. And really, the biggest problem I had is that he, you know, he invites pressure. He overreacts to pressure. He, he reacts when there isn't existing pressure. And his mechanics break down when he's nervous. And that's scary to me with him. Um, now, we know that he's athletic. We understand that Sam has uh, um, an ability to play at a high level. We've seen it. But and I know he's not been given a strong hand. And I'm praying that, that Gase hasn't ruined him. But this was one of the worst performances. I have not felt num since... Yesterday, being real, um, uh, Sunday's game, I didn't question Sam as our franchise quarterback. I have questions now, and I am concerned. I'm concerned. Yeah, and you have every right to be. What you're hoping to see here is a jump in year three, and you know maybe a lot of us are getting ahead of ourselves because they're only, it's only one game. I, I made light of it earlier on when I was getting upset. Hey, it is just one game, Mike, but it's just – the way they looked in the first half when the Bills were actually competing, they kind of took it down a notch. Sam was only 14 for 27 before that, like Mike mentioned. So he wasn't really having a great day. He was barely over 50% before that. 
and and these completions he was getting were short yardage completions. Um, another issue we had in the game, Mike, another absolutely stupid move by the head coach, who is a nitwit, is the fact that Le'Veon Bell's hamstring hurt a little bit. He put him back in the game where he fully hurt his hamstring. Now he's on the IR. Thank you, Adam Gase. If you guys remember what happened with Avery Williamson's last year, Avery Williamson goes into a game in the preseason that he did not need to be injured out for the whole season. Mike, these, these things add up, Mike. These stupid moves add up. And it's not just the moves on the field. It's the positioning behind the scenes, too, that went on with the Jets, which is the fact that, you know, Chris Johnson admitted, Mike, that he wishes maybe he moved on from Mike McCagnan a little sooner. But just the fact that Mike McCagnan was the GM and they let go of Bowles but didn't let go of McCagnan and then they brought in Gase. Then they had McCagnan do the draft, signed for an Andrews, and they fired McCagnan, brought in Joe Douglas. Like, everything about it is absolute clown shoe operation. That's what it is. That's And that's it's how we make ourselves look to people. And then when you see the product on the field, when you end up seeing the product on the field, why are we surprised? You know, yeah. when, when you go about business, your business decisions the way the Jets do, I like, I'm, I'm like, why am I even surprised anymore? I don't, I don't know why I'm surprised anymore, but I still am. I still set myself up for this every single year. And, you know, it is it is disappointing the way Sam played. Um, and, you know, you do hope that this game versus the Bills versus a really tough defense without a preseason, etc., is going to be an anomaly. But it doesn't look like it is, Mike, considering the way Adam Gase's offenses have looked every single year he's been a head coach, which has been horrible. The fact that under Gase, like you said, um, they've, they've punted 93 times. We've scored less than a quarter of all of our possessions. Our average drives are the shortest in the NFL. You know, Le'Veon Bell was legendary. Now Le'Veon Bell isn't. You know, it's just, we know, the game sucked. Sunday sucked. All the media afterwards sucked. Right now, we feel like the Jets suck. That's why the show's named Ain't Easy Being Green. We just need ownership in the world to know. We haven't made the playoffs in nine years, right? Jet fans are fed up, man. Jet fans are fed up. We got the, we got the fans of our show that we talk with, other podcasts we listen to, all my homies in real life I talk to, all my family members, all my friends, anybody I run into in the supermarket when I'm walking the dog, anyone in the world who's a Jet fan is just fed up with this. It seems like it's rinse and repeat every year. And at this point with Gase... We're one game in, dude, and the owner had to come out and give you a vote of confidence. That in and of itself, right, is horrific. <laughs> that alone by itself should tell you something about where the Jets are in 2020. The fact that this empty suit clown shoe owner we have, right, he's the quasi backup JV owner because the actual <laughs> owner, the actual owner's over in the UK being a racist piece of garbage, apparently. The fact that this guy had to come out and give you a pat on the back after one game should say enough, Mike. Yeah, should say enough. And it's it's sad. And look, we, <laughs> it is just one game, like you said. Um, let's see what happens next Sunday. We're going to get into that here in a second. But I will say this. I was impressed with Makai Becton. I was impressed with Marcus May, who actually had a better game than Jamal Adams did over there in Seattle. I was impressed with Sam 
thicket. I was impressed with Bless on Austin. I thought he had a really solid game. Uh, I think that he, I think we have a solid number two cornerback there with him. He's not a number one. He's not a Revis, but I think he's a solid number two. I think he's you really know what, good. Mike, he might have football. the greatest football name currently ever, though. But what, Bless on? Might be the greatest football name. Bless on Austin could be right now, currently, the greatest football player name ever I've, in my life I've heard. Or he's a runner up. If it's current players, he might be a runner-up to Marlon Mack, who's a strong name. <laughs> but we all know has one of the most, not just because it sounds like, such a, like a pimp name. It's just, it's, just a, it's just a cool name. And the last one that I was really happy with was the offensive line. I thought the offensive line played pretty decently for the first time being together. The fact they didn't have, have a, a offseason. They weren't really dealing with, you know, playing preseason games and whatnot. They actually were pretty cohesive, and I thought that they did a pretty good job in protecting Sam. Again, like I said, Makai Becton did really, really well for his very first game. There were a couple of plays there where he was able to pancake professional Mm. football players. That was a good, at least we got that little tidbit for us along with Marcus May. Everyone else you mentioned played well uh, too, Mike. But Becton looked like a pro right away. In that yeah. first game, didn't look overwhelmed. He didn't look like because of his size, he was too slow to keep up with those guys on the outside. So he, he looked pretty good. And Marcus May, Marcus May, Mike. I mean, the defense we're going to get into in a moment. They played like garbage, and we'll get into Josh Allen today. I know we think he's the worst quarterback. We poke fun at him, poke fun at the Hill people. He played pretty good. We're going to get into that in a moment. But Marcus May, Mike, ten tackles, two sacks, two tackles for a loss, one forced fumble. I mean, this dude. I mean, you, you play like that all season, you're in the Pro Bowl. That yeah. is a ridiculous day right there for him. One of the really the only high points to look at. The, pretty much the he played the he was the best Jet player on the field Sunday by far. Thick and bang the field goal in. Bosan Austin looked like he's the real deal. And I guess overall, Mike, when it came to pass protection, um, the offensive line didn't play that bad. I guess they played average. That's all we're looking for since last year they were so horrific. They played decent enough. I think more of the issues that we had was separation with the receivers and the decision-making by Sam. So there is some positives to look at, but getting back to the squad, getting back to why the game went the way that it went before we talk about the Niners, Mike, the defense, I don't I don't know if it was because it was the first game, but they didn't look as aggressive. They didn't look nearly as fast. I know they didn't have Jamal Adams out there, but Marcus May was playing tremendous. So I don't think Jamal Adams would have made it that big of an uh, impact on this game, Mike, if I'm just being honest. No pass rush remotely in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Quentin Williams, I, I hope I don't want to say he's a bust yet, Mike, but no impact last year. Came into this season looking like he was in much better shape. Didn't really do anything on Sunday. Josh Nothing. Allen all day long. Josh Allen, the most career attempts of his entire life. They lined up in three wide receiver sets almost 70% of the game. Nobody saw that coming. Had his most completions of his career. Finally got over 300 yards, of course, because we were talking a level of smack that we talked about him the entire preseason the last week. He had to do that versus the Jets. But we, we pretty much, we made it pretty easy for him, Mike. You think about it, they threw eight or nine screen passes in the game. Almost every single one of them was effective, right? One of them was a touchdown pass. So he's throwing passes right around the line of scrimmage, or he's hitting receivers in stride for five, six-yard routes. Diggs had about eight catches for 80 yards. So, you know, he only averaged about six or seven yards of completion, Allen. But they didn't make it difficult for him. And he hit all the open receivers that he had to. He also ran the ball 14 times for 57 yards. The running backs couldn't do anything. But when it came to Allen, he still tried his best to be an absolute scrub by overthrowing guys in the end zone, by fumbling the ball like a moron. If you're playing, if, we were play, if they were playing an actual good NFL team, they probably would have lost that game this weekend. But it was the Jets. 
And even though they made mistakes, we made even more mistakes. We couldn't capitalize on their mistakes. And the defense, Mike, on the whole, big-time disappointment this weekend. Big-time big disappointment. I mean, Desir, we brought him in to be a starting cornerback. He was absolutely horrific. Josh Allen, look, he was able to do what he was able to do with the terrible defense that we had. And, you know, good for him. I still think he's a scrub. You already saw the fumbles, the inaccuracy, had guys wide open, couldn't even hit him. I mean, you play a good defense, you're going to get annihilated. So, you know, again, he took advantage of a bad, poor defense, a poor team. The Bills ran over the Jets. And you know what? They beat him 27 to 17. And the Jets honestly look like the worst team in the NFL on Sunday. I saw a lot of highlights and different games, and I didn't see another game that was that another team that was worse than the New York Jets as a whole. And that's an indictment on the coach, an indictment on all the players, and so on and so forth. So I'm sorry to see that. And Quinton Williams, to me, he's trade deadline bait. Uh, bait. You know, like I, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done with him too. Like. I'm ready to just cash the chips in and just let Joe Douglas pick players because I'm just tired of it. Yeah. And then, I mean, like you said, all Mike. All he was... has to do is contact Gettleman. <laughs> you know he has Dave Gettleman on speed dial, Mike. Maybe we'll maybe you guys get a sweet deal out of that. And, you know, the only sacks we had, Marcus May had two sacks. The other sack was by Brian Poole. So if the only sacks you're getting are from a safety and your nickel corner, you're not in a good shape when it comes to uh, pressure in the quarterback. Quinton Williams' entire output for the day was one quarterback hit. That's what he did for the day, Mike. So... Not wow. too much there for him, so that's kind of depressing. But look, guys, we're 0-1. We've been 0-1 before the Jets. We know how this feels. And it's not so much the record we have. It's not so much the fact that it was the Bills, which sucks, guys. It's just how they looked. It's just the feeling you got during the game and after the game, the nonchalant approach that Gase had as if he called a tremendous game. But it, it just didn't work out, you know? And then you had the, the, the owner backing this guy who is absolute clown. And he's trying to sink this franchise just like he tried to do to the Dolphins. And he come out and say the guy's brilliance. No, you can't do that to Jet fans. You can't do that to us. And Mike, heading into this weekend up against the 49ers. Now, the 49ers have a bunch of injuries, Mike. They're banged up. We know that. But when, when healthy, that's a team that is similar to the Bills, except probably a little better in most areas. They probably have a little bit better defense. They probably have a little bit better rushing game, right? Because they have a lot of well-rounded running backs. They have a better offensive line. Their quarterback's a little bit more efficient, right? I'm not saying the 49ers are amazing at any one thing, even though their defense is really good, but they're a very well-rounded team. So if healthy coming into this game, you say, hey, I think they're going to get spanked. The Jets are going to get spanked just like they did last weekend. However, Richard Sherman's out. Debo Samuel's out. George Kittle might not play. Ayuk might be back, the big-time rookie they got, but I know you know, Travis Benjamin sitting the season out. Hurts hurt. Their center's going to be out. Both their other corners didn't practice this week. So this team is banged up, which creates a kind of a situation of uncertainty when I pick the game. Mike, because coming off last week versus the Niners, I don't know. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I'm not feeling good about this game this week. Hell Everything, no. You know, exactly. So... Now that there's some injuries, it might change it a little bit, but I still don't see coming out of last week where their offense being so pathetic. They still have Bosa out there, Mike. They still got Quan Alexander. They have Armstead. They drafted Ken Law. So they have a whole bunch of players on defense still. And yeah. on offense, we're still the Jets. And our yeah, coach is still I, Adam I, 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 We are taking an L here. I'm not even trying to think <laughs> about, you know, I just want to see if the quarterback can look you know, right now I'm just trying to see if, if Sam is 
you know, can overcome any of this and look, you know, better. But I don't expect this team to win whatsoever. I mean, look at who we're trotting out there. We got Frank Gore and Chris Hogan as starters. This isn't your, this may be one of the worst, if not the worst, most roster in the league. And it's sad, man. Like, it's like, like you said, going on a decade now, pretty much of, of just ineptness and rebuilding and, you know. I'm going up against the 49ers at home. Uh, I think they've got us outmanned, even even though they're hurt. They've got us outmanned, and I expect you know the defense to really tee off on this offense. And our defense, I thought, would have been a little bit better against their offense, but I don't know. I'm I'm thinking this is going to be another bad game for us. But I'm just hoping that the quarterback plays decently, and if George Kittle is um, healthy or is able to play he's going to be um bringing a lot of matchup nightmares against this defense yeah, yeah he'll be a so. huge factor if he's in there especially if we're as banged up and inside linebacker as it looks like we are he'll be a big time factor if kittle's in there what you have to hope mike is this now the bills have a good rushing team because you know their running backs are okay because their quarterback adds a lot of rushing yards to their total every year right just like the ravens last year they had good running backs but jackson also ran for a thousand yards that's why they were the number one rushing team when you look at a team like the 49ers you know not that jimmy garoppolo is a horrible you know athlete or anything like that but jimmy garoppolo you're not worrying about him the same way you're worrying about josh allen when it comes to getting outside the pocket and they have a more traditional run attack you know it's a more it's a it's a very good run attack um, they have one of the best in the league, one of the best blocking schemes in the league. They have a very good offensive line. But, and even though it's effective, um, the, the 49ers don't necessarily, I, I don't think, present the problems that a scrambling quarterback presents. So last week, Josh Allen ran the ball 14 times. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be running the ball 14 times. And I think we are pretty decent at stopping the run. So yeah. if, we're look, if we're looking for a positive, Mike, if we're looking for a glimmer of hope this week for the Jets up against the Niners... I think it's the fact that, look, the Niners run the ball pretty well. Mostert's good. Coleman's good. Uh, McKinnon's in there. He's pretty good. But the same token, we're pretty good at stopping the run when it comes to running backs and typical running attacks the past couple years, even even the Bills this weekend. And and also, they they don't have necessarily a passing attack that you're that worried about. Ayuk's probably their best wide receiver. They just drafted him high in the draft. The best wide receiver who's healthy. They just drafted him in the first round this year, but he didn't play last week. Uh, I don't think Debo Samuel's going to play this weekend, so... You know, it's another team that, I mean, you feel like in a normal world, you'd be able to exploit maybe a few things here, but this isn't a normal world. You know, this isn't a situation where you feel like you have a coach that knows what he's doing and has been able to exploit any matchup problems for any team that we've ever played because you just don't have faith in them that way. Yeah, you know, there's, and there's no reason exactly. that we, there's no reason that we should have any faith right. in in the, in the team that way, guys. I don't think the 49ers are going to put up you know five touchdowns on the Jets or anything like that. But it's just, can we put any points up? Can yeah. we score any points, you know? I mean, God, like, we scored 17 last week, Mike, but it really was like it was 10 because that last the last seven was kind of whatever. But, dude, like, are we going to be able to move the ball at all? Because sometimes you go into a funk, it's hard to get out of it. It's going to be a tough one, Mike. What, what do you think, Wook, this weekend? Jets, 49ers. Give me a prediction. I'm not going to lie to anybody. I, I, the 49ers defense is tough regardless. Um, what I want to see is the matchup between Becton and Bosa if they get to go against each other. That's going to be fucking electric. Oh, sorry. That's okay. going to be electric to me to see those two athletes going against each other. Um, I don't see the Jets getting a W here barring some kind of, uh, you, know, you know, anything can happen. 
Al Pacino any given Sunday, you know what they say, but it's going to be tough, and uh, hopefully they can just at least at least build uh, build build something. Go be positive in this game. Build off of whatever you could take positively from last game. Try to do that and more this game. Just get confidence. I think confidence will go a long way at this point coming off own one. I like well, how about how about we just do stuff that like what you guys did with the Giants? I'm watching the Giants. I'm like, why can't we do have a high tempo offense? How come we can't do rollouts and all this yeah. stuff? Like it's like, what the uh, hell are we doing? Bro, say call has six dual, yards. We use dual QB uh tight ends. Can yeah. we see you know, do something? That's one of my notes I didn't I get you. to when I went on my whole gaze rant, Mike, one of my bullet points is like why don't we ever just roll Sam out in the pocket and make it a little easier for him if, if it, yeah, se- if it seems like, toss, yeah. you know, why why don't we do any of these things that teams seem to do if they're struggling to make it easier? But sometimes you don't need to outsmart the other team. Sometimes, like sometimes when it's like second down or third and one from the goal line, like Pete Carroll knows you should have gave the ball to Marshawn Lynch. He outsmarted right. himself and he lost the Super Bowl. Sometimes, right. sometimes things aren't that hard. Like right. in the game last week, Bell went down, right? They ran a few plays with Gore. Gore adds about four yards a carry. Gore is 500 years old. I get it. But they moved the ball a little bit. And you're like, all right, well, they ran it a few times. They don't go back to it. You, you don't you don't see them try. Like, right. anytime they do anything that seems like they go in a positive direction with this guy, he's like, all right, that worked. Now they're going to be expecting that. Let me go the other way. Yeah, Where normal coaches, normal coaches are like, all right, you're not going to put. Yeah, uh, Andy Reid's going to be like, all right, you're going to put this little small-ass cornerback on Travis Kelty four plays in a row. I'll throw it to him four plays in a row. And then until until you adjust, yeah. until you adjust, I'll just keep doing it. That's what like, I'm saying. Bill Belichick it's will run the ball to the left, to the right. He'll run the same play ten times in a row. The it's ghost not- game, the ghost game. He gave the same defensive look like eighty percent of the time on Sam because they couldn't do anything, and he just kept attacking him. That that zero DB, you know what I'm saying? And they just kept blitzing him and blitzing him and blitzing him, and it wasn't anything like. You know, amazing. He just knew they couldn't stop him, and that yeah. that was it. ADZ being Green's not feeling good about this game this weekend, guys. Hopefully, we can come back on here next week in happier times, happier moods, and bring you a much happier show that we had this week. Mike, if anyone does want to hear us, get at us, or support us in any way, shape, or form, where can they do that? Well, they can reach us on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas and... The big stinking Wookiee Nicholas Cronk. My name is Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out. Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? Can't win. The New York Jets. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Ready, Bird. very passionate. Ready, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff Andrew. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Don't believe it.